Good morning again. This morning's exhortation, slight exhortation here comes from, we're continuing through the letter of 1 John. And we've come to 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 28. So please stand one more time for the reading of God's Word. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that this is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they are all not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you receive from Him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as His anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in Him. And now, little children, abide in Him so that when He appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word that is truth. We ask now that you would grant us ears to hear with, eyes to see with, and hearts to believe with, that we might be doers of your word and not hearers only. We pray this, that your son's kingdom might be advanced for your glory and that you would work in and through our hearts to build up your body. In Jesus' name we pray, by the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Please be seated. So as uh, someone who is my age, 56, almost 57, uh, when I was about uh, Finn's age, um, there was a lot of talk of the end of the world. And uh, back in those days, your mom, you'd go to the grocery store with your mom. It was, you know, uh, families were pretty traditional then still. Like my dad worked and my, my mom stayed at home and uh, things changed very shortly after that time period, even in our family. But I remember we would go to the grocery store and uh, right at the checkout counter there'd be all these uh, newspapers. I thought they were newspapers. But it, it was the National Enquirer. And, and, and the star. And it's all true. 
it, it has to be, right? I saw it in a magazine, as uh, Elton John says. Um, and there would always be these headlines about the end of the world. And so uh, I, was, I was a little older than you, uh, Tanner, uh, but I remember getting existential angst. Now, when I was nine or eight, I didn't know that's what it was. You know, later when I went to college and learned big words, I realized, oh my goodness, that was angst. Like fear, dread, thinking that this wonderful life that I'm living in Mission Viejo as a child, watching cartoons, Saturday mornings, riding bikes, playing baseball, football, going to the beach, riding rafts, because it was before the boogie board, we rode rafts before the boogie board. It was all going to end soon, according to the National Enquirer. And uh, that scenario played out many, many times for many years. And, you know, even into, you know, uh, into the 80s, I remember just always the National Enquirer predicting the end of the world. Well, one of the, uh, when I began this series, I don't know how many weeks ago, I said, uh, the name of the series is, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Things are no different now. We read here in John, he says, children, he's addressing the body of believers, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. So many Christ, and, excuse me, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that this is the last hour. So he's telling them that we know this is, a, they know, like he's telling them, this is the last hour. And you know why? Because Antichrist has come. And many Antichrists have come. And so even way back then, there were rumors of the Antichrist coming. And, and this is where the idea comes from. It's from the Bible. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's incredible how much uh, Bible talk saturated American talk, even not that long ago, in the 70s and the 80s. And, and, and now it's, you're not allowed to talk about that kind of stuff. But um, uh, unless it serves a political means, but a political end. But nevertheless, uh, uh, there were rumors about the Antichrist. And so John is setting them straight. And the funny thing is, is he really does not go into who that character is precisely. But he tells them that there's many Antichrists. Many Antichrists. And so the word, the word Antichrist... Um, uh, you know, forgive me, but this this is just going to be, I'm, I'm going to be reading through this. This isn't going to be this great, uh, you know, uh, rhetorical piece of, uh, you know, to live on forever is like the best sermon ever. Uh, uh, it, it'll just be me going through verse by verse here, which might be good and might be bad. But, um, so, um, that was my introduction. And uh, hopefully this will all make sense, Lord willing, as the Spirit uh, gives meaning. Uh, Lord have mercy. But, um, the word Antichrist is a compound word, right? For all you grammarians, uh, you have to think back to seventh grade grammar and compound word. Maybe before then, it's made up of two words, right? Anti and Christ. It's not that hard. But in Greek, anti is a preposition. And it can mean several things. It can mean instead of, okay? It can mean against. It can also mean, uh, as a compound word, Antichrist, it can actually mean the actual thing. Okay, a replacement, but the same thing. But the usage here is, uh, the meaning is a false Christ. 
okay, uh, in, instead of Christ. Uh, not, you know, yes, it's a, he's a, this character or this spirit is against Christ, but it, 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 the significance is that it's a uh, false Christ. And so, John is addressing the body of believers as they've suffered a schism, and as some of them have become distressed, like, like they're confused, like what is the truth? Because these people who they thought were believers, they were in their midst, it wasn't from the outside, it was from the inside, they were false teachers. And so they were teaching contrary to what the apostles taught. All right, um, Many things in life, um, so I'm told, and uh, a lawyer friend of mine told me that like, there's two sides of a story and the truth sometimes lies somewhere in between. So kind of implying like kind of a jaded view, like there's life, uh, there's gray areas in life. Paul here is not talking, excuse me, John not, is, he's not talking about gray areas. He's talking about polar opposites. And he uses this motif throughout the book. He talks about light and dark, truth and a lie, and he's talking about Christ and Antichrist. Right? And, and he's showing that it's very apparent who is who and whose side are you on. And I titled this, uh, this uh, exhortation, um, what have you heard? All right. And so John is setting them straight. You know that they what they had heard from the false teachers was a lie. It was not true. And and so verse nineteen, he tells us. He tells them, and he tells us what will what what can happen and what happened. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. So these false teachers were with them, but they didn't remain with them. Now, it's, I've seen it in my lifetime, people that started this Christian walk with me. Um, in my wedding, with me. I was in their wedding. And they're no longer walking with Christ. They were with me. They were with us. And they are no longer with us. And the sad reality is I pray for them. But, but it could be that they were not never of us. Now I don't want to, you know, this isn't about me. Um, uh, and, and I don't want to misrepresent anyone that I know. Um, all I'm saying is that there's people that we have known. Who we thought were dear believers and they're actually not. Uh, actually not, even pastors, even pastors that lead the faith. And so we shouldn't be distressed, all right? It doesn't mean that the Word of God isn't true. It means that they weren't of us, all right? And he tells us why. But you, verse 20, you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge, right? We've been anointed by the Holy One. The Holy One here is Jesus, all right? Is Jesus, and and uh, we'll get a little more to that anointing, what He's anointed us with. But you take courage, be encouraged. You know the truth. Verse uh, twenty-one. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? 
This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you have heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. So what they heard from the beginning, they're to abide in. That's the apostles' teaching. What they heard from the beginning when they first became Christians, to continue to abide in, in, in that. All right? And have you ever had that experience where you hear something or, 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 or you know, and someone says something and it just doesn't jive with you? You just go, oh... Like, and I'm talking about people you think are Christians. They'll say something and you're just like, ooh, what? Just something just doesn't feel right. And, and, and it's like they were experiencing that. Like these false teachers mess them up. Like they're going, you know, it, it, it played on their mind. But he's reminding them to remind, remain in what they were taught. And the reason why you think something isn't right is because the Spirit's telling you that ain't right. I mean, the Bible tells us that uh, the Spirit affirms in our heart that the Gospel is true. The Gospel is true. The Holy Spirit in you, making you born again, enables you to hear the truth. Have you, have you, you know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, I remember a day when I went in and I heard a sermon and I heard the truth. And, you know, I'd read the Bible as a child and, and my mom... You know, a very, very uh, religious uh, Bible in our house heard all the time. Yet I never heard the gospel to where I believed it. Uh, I remember uh, one of my professors at school uh, put it this way, like, uh, the problem is our receivers are broken, right? It's like, it, it's like a, a mobile phone and the receiver's broken. It doesn't get the right message. That's our problem. Until we're born again, our receiver's broken. But then all of a sudden, transmission comes. And we're getting the right, we believe the message. All right? And so that, that's, what, that's what goes on. That's how we know the truth. The Spirit has taught us, the Holy Spirit has indwelled us and confirms the truth in us. And that's how we discern. And he, tell, he says this. So, so also, you know, when I was talking about things aren't black and white, some things are, Okay? In, in the sense of true and false, all right? And, and this is, uh, you know, we talk about things that are um, differences in the body of Christ that are, it's okay, right? Uh, charismatic versus non-charismatic. Like, uh, you know, you don't believe in, in certain things, you know, baptizing children or baptizing, uh, you know, believers' baptism. You know, certain things that are like, they're not eternal essentials. They're, they're not damnable. Okay, But this right here is one of those non-negotiable truths. It says here, verse 22, Who is the liar but he who, not, who, who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist or false Christ. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. So, Anyone who denies that Jesus is the Christ is, has the spirit of Antichrist in them. It's, it's a false message. And 
it is to be refused. Refused. Not allowed in the church. And, and uh, um, at this time, the word Christ simply means Messiah. It means anointed one, literally. All right? But it came to mean much more than that after the resurrection. As the church recognized, whoa, that this Messiah is actually God come. So it's actually a divine title now. It's more than just, you know, just the Messiah. It's a, ti it's a title, it's, it's, it's part of Jesus' divine title that the Christ is God incarnate, come to redeem mankind. And He is the only Savior. So if you reject that message, if you reject that person, Jesus, you reject God the Father. You don't even have God the Father. You know, people will say, well, I believe in God, but just not that Jesus business. No, if the Bible's saying, okay, people, you can hold that belief, but just know that, that right here the Bible says that if you don't have Jesus, you don't have the Father. Okay, and if you don't have the Father, you don't have Jesus. They're inseparable. They're inseparable. They go together. And so he tells them, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He made to us. Eternal life. That if you have the Son, you have eternal life. Everybody knows there's something wrong in this world. Everybody. You know, and, 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 and we, we're always trying to you know, we, we fall into the trap, I admit it. You know, our obsession with youth and staying young and fit, there's nothing wrong with staying fit and staying young at heart and the whole, you know, nothing wrong with that all. But at the same time, we know that it's, Father Time is undefeated. Like, we will all have the same end unless Jesus comes before then. And, uh, Yet, Jesus promises eternal life. And, and, if, and if we know, like truly believe, you know, you have those moments where you, you're, 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 it's just settled in your heart, you know, more than other moments that I'm going to live eternally. It changes your perspective on life. It makes things more bearable. Like, you know, this is going to be like just a short time. And, and, and then... You know, we're going to leave, live, as we sang as kids, e eternally. E-T-E-R-N-A-L-L-Y. I will live with, live eternally. Um, it gives you hope. It helps you to endure. And it's not just pie in the sky. Because um, really, that's what the world is trying to do. They're trying to live eternally, too. Even though they, they, they say, oh, you know, YOLO. What, what is it? Uh, YOLO. You, there's a county in... Northern California called YOLO. And, but, but the young people say YOLO means you only live once, right? As if they made that up. You know, every generation thinks that they invented swagger or whatever. Um, no, nothing's new. Um, you know, even uh, social media. Everyone's trying to look young, stay young, and present this eternal life that's going to end. It's going to go uh, to dust. Woody Allen famously quipped, uh, I don't want to be remembered forever. 
I want to live forever. <laughs> you know, and, and that's true. I mean, when you're dead, who cares? You won't care who remembers you, right? It's, it's eternal life that matters. And real eternal life is ours in Christ. 26. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. Right, here we go. 27. So he's warning them. There are these people. He doesn't name what the heresy is. There's all this speculation. Was it Cerinthius? Was it the Gnostics? Is it Proto-Gnostics? Is it a, 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 um, Docetism? You know, all these 50-cent words that, uh, you, that, that, you know, someone wrote 100, uh, you know, PhD uh, theses on, about, whatever, books. He doesn't say. He doesn't say. All he says is, there's people trying to deceive him. And, but he says this, but the anointing that you received from him, from Jesus, abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as he taught you, abide in him. So we have the false teachers who say they're teaching the true. Like we, yeah, that, that stuff's cool, that Jesus stuff's good, but we go a little deeper, we go a little higher. No, he's saying, no, that's false. And you have been anointed by Jesus. The anointing is the Spirit. Um, interesting enough, just a little side note, this is for free. This is the only time it talks about this in the whole New Testament about, about the anointing uh, on us. Uh, just, you know, that's for free. You can take, uh, um, we hear a lot about, you know, well, maybe you don't, but there's a lot of talk about the anointing of the Spirit. This is where it is, all right, in the Bible. Um, the anointing that you receive from Him abides in you. You have no need that anyone should teach you. But as His anointing teaches you about everything and is true, it is no lie. Just as it has taught you, abide in Him. If you think back, um, I said a few, a couple messages ago that the key to understanding 1 John is the Gospel of John, because they're both written by the same man. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus tells the apostles that is, he's going to give them a helper who's going to lead them in all truth and help them remember all things. So the apostles were anointed by the Spirit and now one of the apostles is telling us that that anointing's on us now. That the Spirit leads us in truth. That's the, like... Uh, God is... We, we believe in one God. And the Bible, the New Testament, reveals this one God is made up of three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Okay? One God, three persons. Alright? Um, the Spirit glorifies the Son and teaches us to glorify the Son. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a bit of a mystery, but yet that's what the Bible teaches us about the Holy Spirit. And it says here that because we have that anointing, we don't need to be taught the truth by anyone else. So he tells them, to remain in the apostles' teaching, to remain in what we're taught. So we as Christians are not to be seeking something new, right? When someone says, oh, we have this new thing, undiscovered, unknown, you know, we live for the, for the new thing in America, the latest trend, 
don't believe it when it comes to the gospel. It's not new. It's old. It's old. And it's the message that God became a person, Jesus. Actually, He always existed as a person eternally, but he, that person put on flesh and became a man to redeem us, to do what we couldn't do, and that was to live God's law perfectly, uh, to keep the covenant that we could not keep, that Adam couldn't keep, that Israel couldn't keep, and that we cannot keep. He kept it personally, perfectly, and perpetually. Personally, perfectly, and perpetually for all you who love alliteration. That's what Jesus did. So he, he earned salvation for us. And then, not only that, on the cross, He bore all our sins, all the debt that we have incurred because of our sin, all of humanity, He paid for on the cross. And on the cross, He took our sin. And then God received that when He raised from the dead and now He ever lives to make intercession for us. Meaning that Jesus is bodily at the right hand of the Father, praying for us, interceding for us. And uh, that's the message, the old message that we are to believe and to obey and to live. So we're to abide in Him. So what it means to abide in Him is to keep on believing that message and living as uh, God's children. Um, verse 28, And now, little children, abide in Him, so that when He appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from Him in shame at His coming. So here we actually have a mention of the second coming of Christ. John mentions that He's coming. All right, But he speaks of judgment when he says, will not be ashamed. Meaning there's a, there's a day coming that is judgment day. Uh, as my dad would always say, uh, like, when kingdom comes. You know, I didn't know that's what he meant when he said that, but I don't think he realized what he's saying. But he had this expression he'd always say to me as a kid, like, you know, you can do that till kingdom comes. It's judgment day when kingdom comes. That's like, all bets are off, another one of his expressions. That means it's over, you know. But in that day, those of us in Christ uh, will not be ashamed. And, and so John here uh, speaks in these uh, dualistic terms, as it were. He speaks of truth versus lie, the truth of who Jesus is. He is the Christ. He's the Son of God. He's God incarnate. Versus the lie and those who deny it. Whether they deny that Jesus was true man, some deny that, or they deny that he was true God, some deny that. In their day, they had a harder time with Jesus being uh, true man. In our day, people have a harder time of Jesus being true God. Um, and and for, for example, the Jehovah Witnesses, they do not believe that Jesus was tr is true God. All right? And that, that's an example of a lie to reject, truth and lie, all right? So we see here um, true, truth versus lie, um, true spirit versus false spirit, um, and Christ versus antichrist. The true Christ, 
versus the false Christ. And it's interesting and it's comforting to know, I'll close with this. Jesus tells us in John 14, 6 in the Gospel, it's recorded Him saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Everything we want in life is found in, in a person, is found in Jesus. He is the way to the Father. He's the truth, the embodiment of truth. And He's the life, the eternal life that we want. And it's ours because of what He did for us, His love for us. Uh, I was just reading, it's really interesting. Uh, the only uh, pagan deity that speaks of love is, uh, from its worshippers is Isis, uh, the Egyptian god, a female uh, a goddess, right? But it's not the same as what the true God has been revealed. There's no other deity, uh, no other God worshipped like Jesus, where the motivation is love. There's, there's heresies built upon it, off it, but Jesus is the only God who came to rede uh, redeem his people. And that's the God that's revealed here in 1 John. So abide in him. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for the gospel and the Bible that is truth. Grant us grace to abide in him. We thank you for that anointing that leads us in truth. Now be glorified in and through us, we pray. In his name, amen.